Welcome. It's great to have you with us today. Thank you for doing Church at Home with us via Riverside Online, especially if you're new. We would love to connect with you personally, so please go to the Connect With Us link on the website and we can be in touch. Other ways to connect with us during the week is via our Instagram page, Facebook, the website or the app. We have another great message for you today from the series from the Sermon on the Mount. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, so today is my sermon preparation day and I thought that the best thing that I can do is go for a ride. Right, just left my house and riding up the road. Just a nice little warm up for some of the more challenging parts that are to come a bit later. <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts of the ride. Really beautiful, especially in autumn and spring. So, we're getting there. And if you can tell that this is a long, steep uphill and it kills me every single time. More long, rocky uphills. Oh, can't say I'm a fan. Now, downhill the whole way home. Woo! Oh, that is good. I'm sure by now it is painfully obvious that I'm a pretty amateurish mountain bike rider. And so the beginning and the end were the easiest parts by far. Flat, wide open streets, no hassles, no stress, just a lot of fun. Whereas the middle bit, the 95% bit, was kind of narrow tracks, loose rocks, um, trees to avoid, and a whole lot of obstacles that I didn't even manage to get onto the camera. But here's how that connects with today. See, Jesus has been preaching the Sermon on the Mount, and we as a church have been spending some time going through it with him. And Jesus is coming into his final straight on this. And if we look at the Sermon on the Mount, there are some incredible moments where I'm sure you've thought to yourself, wow, I mean, if I lived like that or if people around me lived like that, not only would my family and my marriage be a healthier, better place, but this world would be a healthier, better place. And so there are these highlight moments in the Sermon on the Mount. But then, I don't know if you've noticed But there was an incredible amount of challenging moments. And even some of the highlight moments were extremely challenging because it's about our heart and it's about the internal transformation, which is not so easy. And so this sermon is incredibly challenging. I don't know what it was like for you listening to it, but I know Craig and I would often get up to preach and realize, wow, this is another challenging sermon. This is another tough one to give. 
So as we get to the end of this message, um, Jesus does what all good preachers do, and he pushes for a response. For the most part, he's finished unpacking the major contents of his sermon, but he doesn't want to let us go home unchanged. He doesn't want us to go home saying, well, you know what? That is a lack of sermon. Start judging his high points, his low points. Jesus didn't tell enough funny stories. You know, the other guy did a better sermon. He wants us to realize that we cannot be ambivalent when it comes to what he's just said. And so he's going to say over the course of the next few weeks, there's only two ways to respond to what he's just said. Not 10 ways, not 10,000 ways, just two ways. So let's see what he says for this week as we read Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14. Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Jesus says this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So again, Jesus says, you've heard what I've had to say. Now you've got two options. On the one hand, you've got the easy option, the wide road, the wide gate, but that leads to destruction. And then there's the narrow gate and the narrow way which leads to life. And that's the way of my kingdom. And so today we're going to talk about gates and roads, where gates are the way in and roads are the way through. Now these ideas are connected. The idea is that if you go through this gate, you're going to land up on this road and therefore that destination. But if you go through this gate, you're going to be on this wide road and you're going to land up on that destination. And then so Jesus predicts these two ways. The wide road, that's where the crowds are. That's where many of our friends are. That's where culture is, right? That's where all the fun is. That's where things are easy. That's like the beginning and the end of my mountain bike riding. You know, happy days, but then that ends in destruction. Whereas the narrow gates, the narrow gates, it's hard to find, Jesus says. And the narrow gate leads to the narrow way. What is the narrow way? The narrow way is what Jesus has just taught in the Sermon on the Mount. It's the way of his kingdom, but that leads to life. And so Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the gate through which you enter the way of the kingdom of heaven. And you are going to experience life just like to be honest, that middle part of my mountain bike riding, yes, challenging, but extremely exhilarating. And it is the part that makes me a better rider, right? And so as we walk the way of the kingdom of God, yes, it's going to be challenging, but it's going to be rewarding and it's going to give us life. But then that also leads to the ultimate destination of life. So Jesus says, as far as we're talking about gates, I am the gate, this is where people, both Christians and non-Christians, get upset. You see, on average, Christians and non-Christians, they tend to like Jesus. You know, the happy guy, the guy who preached to the crowds, the guy who did miracles, the guy who walked on water, the guy who loved sinners, the guy who turned H2O into a good old aged cab sav, right? But then Jesus goes and messes it all up by saying offensive stuff like this. Like, I am the gate. Right? And he says things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And so people like the first Jesus, 
The, the kind Jesus, the wonderful Jesus, the Jesus of their imagination because they're excluding part of Jesus. And then they get so offended when Jesus says, not I am a way, I am a way amongst many other ways. No, I am the way. See, we live in a very inclusive culture, very tolerant culture. And in many ways, these are lessons that we as a culture need to learn. However, Jesus comes along and he's saying these exclusive things. But here's the deal. So, so people say things like, well, aren't religions all essentially the same? Right? Aren't they essentially the same, but superficially different? So essentially, they teach the same morality, love people, love your family, golden rule stuff, do unto others as you would have people do unto you. But superficially, they're different. They wear different clothes, they sing different songs, and they eat different food. But when we actually get to the real issues of what religions have to say, sin and justice and salvation and heaven and hell, and specifically Jesus, we realize that religions are essentially different and superficially the same. You see, when we come to Jesus... And we understand what different religions are saying. For example, Muslims, they would say that Jesus was just a prophet. Yes, a great prophet, but a prophet like Muhammad. Hindus would say Jesus is one God amongst millions of gods or millions incarnations of God. Then you've got Jehovah's Witnesses that would say that Jesus is a created being. You've got Mormons who would say that Jesus is a half-brother of Lucifer. And so when we want to say things like, well, aren't all religions saying the same thing? That is logically impossible. Jesus can't be all of those things. He's either one or none of those things. For example, say you go to a store, you see a t-shirt that you like, you look at the price tag, it's way cheaper than you thought, it's a hundred bucks. So you go to the counter to pay for it and the teller says to you, well, ma'am, sir, that'll be a thousand rand. See, here's what doesn't happen at that point in time. You don't say, oh, well, we're both right. Why don't I give you my hundred rand? You pretend it's a thousand rand and we're all happy, right? No. Depending on your personality, you're either going to have a conversation or put the t-shirt down. But here's the reality. Either one of you is right at that point in time. And when it comes to Jesus, it is exactly the same. When Jesus says, I am the gate that leads to the narrow way, the kingdom of God that leads to eternal life, either he's right or he's wrong. Those are the only options before us. C.S. Lewis took that idea one step further and he says when it comes to the claims of Jesus, these exclusive claims of Jesus, either he's a lunatic, meaning he actually thinks he's God when he's not, in which case he's crazy, even if he seems like so nice, or he's a liar. So he knows he's not God, but he's out here to deceive, you know, the entire world. Or he is who he says he is, he's Lord. Either he's lunatic, or he's a liar, or he is Lord. Those are the only options before us. What isn't available to us is for us to say, oh, well, he's a nice guy. He's one way amongst many ways, because that either means he's a lunatic or he is a liar. So Jesus forces us to come face to face with these claims. I am the gates. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. 
So that's kind of the, the gate dimension. So the gate is the way in, the road is the way through. Let's talk about the road. So there's kind of a, a logic laid out in this passage. The logic is gate leads to a road, which leads to a destination. Gate, road, destination. Now, I know that seems so logical, but many of us try and defy that logic in the following way. We go gate, destination. In other words, I want to go through Jesus, yes, because he's the son of God, and yes, he died for my sins, and there's some level at which I understand that, and that means I don't have to go to the bad place, that means I get to go to the good place. I get to fulfill the absolute minimum requirements so that I can do whatever I want and just go straight to the destination. And in reality, what that actually looks like is I go through the narrow gate, some sense of understanding that Jesus is the way. But then I jump onto the wide road. And so I live for myself. And I'm doing everything culture's doing. There's nothing that separates me from everybody else. And then I'm hoping that when I die, I jump straight back onto the narrow road in order to go to the good place and avoid the bad place. And here's what comes out in this message and in the weeks to come. Jesus says not only is that faulty logic, that is dangerous logic. I mean, do you know that it is possible, and more on this next week, it is possible to believe you're a Christian when in fact everything in your life shows that you're not. In other words, you came to Jesus as your genie, not as your Lord. You wanted to Jesus to do what you wanted him to do for you. You just wanted the destination. You didn't want to go to the bad place. You wanted to go to the good place. But you still want to be Lord of your life. And here's the deal about the gates which leads to the road, which leads to the destination. We cannot expect Jesus to be Lord of the next life without him being Lord of this life. And so when we accept him as Lord at the gates... We are invited to live out of the way, the way of Jesus in this world. The way is defined by the Sermon on the Mount. Does it mean we do it perfectly? Of course not. Does it mean I never stumble? No, no, we stumble, but we stumble on the narrow road. And just like there have been many times where I've been riding those exact trails and I have stumbled, I have fallen, but I get up, I renegotiate those places, I learn a thing or two, I get fitter, I get wiser, I get stronger. I'm walking this narrow road with Jesus. I'm stumbling on that road with Jesus, but he's leading me towards greater perseverance, greater maturity, greater fruit, and greater impact in this life. But it's on the narrow road. This is why Jesus didn't say, I am your ticket out of here. He said, I am the way. Do you know that the early Christians weren't described as Christians? They were described as followers of the way. The way as being defined by the way of Jesus. And even when they were described as Christians, it's not because they ticked off a box or because they went to church. It's because the culture looked at them and saw them living the way of Jesus Christ and so labeled them many Christs, people who live like Christ. And so that word Christian has been emptied of so much. We are followers of the way and we're called out to enter through the gates and live out the way of Jesus in this world, which leads us towards life. Now, I think there's another way that people try and break out of the logic of gates leading to a road, leading to a destination. And that is 
when some people try and live some form of a narrow life, some form of a legalistic or a moralistic way, some form of living according to a morality that means I say no to some of the things that define the wide road, but I don't want to go through the gates. All right, I don't want to submit to Jesus as Lord. I want to define my morality. I want to show that I am in control of my life, right? And can you see the pride in that? I don't want to submit to Jesus. I don't want to submit to the way. I want to define my own way. There's another presupposition in that, and that is that somehow getting to the good place, whatever people believe the good place is, getting to the good place is going to be because I lived the good life. And Jesus says, well, that's not how it works. You can have all the best intentions in the world. The reality is I am the gate. I am the gate through which you enter to enter the kingdom of God. We live in this world, which eventually leads to the destination of eternal life. You see, when we say that we're not being exclusive, we're not standing up on our platform saying our way is better than everybody else's way. The truth is Jesus is the only one qualified to be the gate. Jesus is the only one qualified to be the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only one who perfectly bridges God and man and himself because he is God and man 100%. Jesus is the only one who has dealt with all the issues of sin and death and brokenness that trip us up and mess this world up and separate us from God. And Jesus is the only one who didn't live a good life, but who lived a perfect life. And by the way, entry into the kingdom of heaven, the demands are a perfect life, not a good life. And so Jesus is the only one who lived a perfect sinless life in thought and in deed. Because he is the one who entered through and broke through death. When we are in him, which is another way of saying we are following him as Lord. When we are in him, we get the benefits of his perfect life. And so Jesus is the only one who is qualified to say that I'm not a way See, there are millions of ways. There are millions of roads. But he's the only one qualified to say, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Now, if I can be a bit honest with you, I always try and be honest with you, but sometimes I've been on this narrow road and I've found it extremely difficult. And sometimes I've been on the narrow road and I look at the wide road and it just looks so much more fun. It looks so much easier. It looks so much more inviting. There's a way bigger party going on there. And you know what? In the short term, that may be true in many times. I heard one pastor say that if you're sinning and it's not fun, you're doing it wrong. And this is why Jesus says, listen, when it comes to thinking about gates and roads, you need to think about that with the destination in mind. So to go back to my mountain biking analogy, right? This metaphor is not perfect. Just roll with me with this one. It's kind of like the narrow road is is that tough race, that tough ride, all right, with lots of falls and lots of bruises and lots of challenging moments, and and you're dehydrated, but you know, you know that when you get to the end of that race, I mean, you're going to, whatever cold thing that you want to drink, there's going to be plenty of that. There's going to be plenty of food. There's going to be people who are going to massage all the aches and pains out of you and you'll forget it by a long shot. You're going to rejuvenate. You're going to be in like a five-star hotel. And so that keeps you going. That keeps you going through the tough times. Whereas being on the wide road, yes, it's easier. It's a lot of fun. 
not really thinking about the destination, you get to the end and in front of you is kind of like the Mount Everests of mountain bike rides. And you finish that one and you're broken and there's another one and another one, etc. And so it goes. So what Jesus is saying here is that what we decide in terms of gate and how we live this life in terms of road not only has implications for this life, but it has eternal implications for destination. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but living the narrow road is harder and it is getting harder every single day. Let let me change that. Nothing about the narrow road has actually changed. What has changed is the gap between the narrow road and the wide road. Some of you may remember 30, 40, 50 years ago, on average, many of our cultures were considered Christian, especially cultures of the West. On average, people did Christian things. On average, there was a a basic assumption of Christianity. People, everyone, even the the naughty kids, you know, knew the Lord's Prayer, knew the Ten Commandments. And even when they didn't follow it, they had this assumption that somehow we're part of this Christian culture. Now, that was the, the perfect condition for kind of lukewarm Christianity, because the narrow road, real, genuine faith, was not too far away from the wide road. And that kind of meant you could hop in, hop out, live on the fence, and be very lukewarm. But what started to happen is the wide road has gone that way. The narrow road is continuing to go the way of the kingdom of God. And increasingly, if we live the narrow way, our lives are going to look upside down compared to the wide road. This is why we call the series Live Upside Down. And at times, culture is going to look at people who follow the way and they're going to go, oh my word, that is incredible. Look how they love. Look how they forgive. Look how they treat people. But then there are going to be other times where the people on the wide road are going to look at people on the narrow road and say, why are you so exclusive? Why would you ever want to follow Jesus Christ? And so the decision to live the way, to enter through the narrow gate and to walk the narrow way is becoming extremely challenging. No longer is it about convenience. It is now about a deep and more profound conviction. And that is why Jesus zones in to force us over the next few weeks to make a decision. Is it going to be this way or is it going to be that way? Now, I know that you're sitting in front of a screen, which can feel very two-dimensional and maybe just not very spiritual. But I want to remind you, as we start wrapping up our time together, that God is with you. Whether you've thought about it or noticed it or felt it or not, God is powerfully with you. And so here's what I've been praying. I've been praying that as we've been going through this message, that God would highlight something for you. You know, when you're reading and you see something that's kind of bolded or highlighted or underlined, that that's what the sermon has felt like for you. Either something in the word or or something that's been said. And it's just come to your attention. God is surfacing something for you. And so I want to just give you some space and time. And we're going to do this together where you notice what it is and and right now you just thought what is surfacing in my heart and in my mind just notice that try and 
put some words to it in your mind. Maybe for some of you it's it's the gates and it's the issue that the gate seems hard to find and and it's the exclusivity of Jesus and 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 that has been a concern for you. And maybe that troubles you and and again just hold on to that thought. Or maybe where it used to trouble you it started to feel like an incredible invitation. Maybe you're left with some questions, some real difficult questions. Again, just notice those questions. Or, or maybe something that was said feels like a bit of a, a stone in your shoes. Just something that your mind is just not letting you move past. Maybe some emotions have surfaced. Whatever's going on in you right now, just be attentive to that. Now... I'm going to ask you to do something, and if you're a Christian, this may feel quite natural, but even if you're not a Christian, I'm going to ask you to take a bit of a risk. And that is this, that whatever is going on in you right now, that thing that I've asked you to put words to in your mind, I'm going to ask you just to reflect that straight back to God. Don't come with all the the sort of high and mighty formulas. Just, Lord, I'm bothered by something. We're allowed to say that. Or oh Lord, I, I'm, I'm finding it so hard to understand that you are the only way. Or oh Lord, right now, I'm feeling just so much conviction how I've been living my life along the wide way. And, and, and I just feel like you're inviting me along the narrow way. And, and that is the way of life. Or oh Lord, I'm just thinking about destinations here. And so I've got choices to face today about destinations, but I'm starting to realize it's not just about the bad place versus the good place. It's about the Lordship of Jesus. And and I'm feeling invited into that space to submit to Him and to live out His way in this world. I mean, it can literally take you 10 seconds just to acknowledge that thought before God. And then... Whatever you've just reflected to God, I want to pray that God speaks into that, that God answers your concern. We as a church, we also want to be here for you. And so many of our life groups are going to be meeting this week and and they're going to have an opportunity to share what God has been saying and just to experience people around them encouraging in that and just being God's presence to them in so many ways. If you're not part of a life group, many of our life groups are meeting online. So, so please want to go onto our website and, and join one if you want to be part of that. Of course, you can have these kinds of conversations with your families or even on your own and you can download our life group notes on our church online page. But maybe you're sitting there and you want some more information. You're left with a whole lot of questions. Or maybe your big response today was, I, I want to enter through the gate and I want to find out more about Jesus. And so we'd love to resource you. And so if you would email us at this email address, we'd love to send you resources that can help you navigate some of the many difficult questions that you may have and lead you into some answers concerning those questions. Or we'd love to send you some resources that are going to lead you deeper into Jesus, give you some very practical ways to respond with Him and start taking steps towards Him. And so regardless of where you're at, I want to only pray for every single one of you right now. And we're going to trust God as He he is there with you to do an amazing life-giving work. Let's pray.
Father, we, we thank you that you are with us and we thank you that your promises are for us. And Lord, because you love us, you have also just made it abundantly clear to us that we cannot live two ways. We cannot live with one foot on one way and one foot in the other way. Father, you're inviting us to respond to the words of your son, Jesus. You're inviting us to respond to him. And as everyone who has been listening to this has had a sense of, this is what I think God is surfacing for me. This is what I think that God is drawing my attention to, Father God. I pray that as we have brought that to you, as you have brought that to our minds and we have brought that to you in prayer, God, I ask that you would speak. Last week we heard that if we ask and if we seek and if we knock, we will find your kingdom and you will respond to us. And now we are asking and we are seeking and we are knocking in prayer on the door of your kingdom. And so, Father, open up your kingdom. I pray that you'd open up the good things of your kingdom to every single person who's responding to you right now in prayer. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for today. We really hope that you enjoyed the message. If you've missed any of the previous messages, you can go to our YouTube channel, Riverside Community SA. Watch, like, and share. Have a great week.